Yes, 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 yes. Welcome in. It is a Wednesday, a rainy, overcast, kind of nasty Wednesday. Looks like it's going to be all right for Game 1 of the Women's College World Series tonight at Hall of Fame Stadium, 730 on ESPN. The Sooners and Texas, Game 3 of the NBA Finals tonight on ABC at 8 o'clock. You have Sooner Baseball, Blacksburg Regional, Super Regional versus Virginia Tech beginning on Friday at 2 o'clock on ESPN2. You have a game that we know we're going to have to play uh, Saturday at 11 a.m. that'll be on ESPNU. So we've got a lot of things happening. We've got Phil speaking out today about the uh, Live Golf Tour. Uh, he's over there as they're underway in London. So we'll hear from him a little bit later on. Jackson Arnold gets a fifth star. Parker had talked about that for a while, and that came true. We know that Deshaun Watson is uh, one of the creepiest people on the planet. Uh, that man apparently walks around perpetually horny. And uh, that is, you don't want to be perpetually horny guy. That can get you into big, big issues Mike, that I aren't just, good. Yeah, there are some things that are just, you know, there are some things that happen, some things that you experience, some things that you hear about people doing that you're just like, I can't imagine doing that. And Okay, look, I'm not necessarily talking about the 24 sexual assault allegations right. because I'm not going to pass judgment on that yet. I understand a lot of folks are doing so, and... I certainly get their perspective, but I'm not passing judgment until the legal process runs its course. I can't imagine seeking out 66 different massage therapists over the course of two years. Like, it's- yeah, yeah, I mean, and again, there, there's a pattern here that's very disturbing. It's almost like, you know, if you handed me a check for a billion dollars, I can't imagine how I would spend a billion dollars. Right? Like, in theory... You know, that'd be awesome, but I would have no idea what to do with it. Much like that situation, or that hypothetical situation, which is Sean Watson. Like, okay, well, you know what? Hey, even if you like massages, and even if you like having a masseuse, and even that's even if that's the type of thing where as an athlete you feel you need in order for your body to be at peak performance to play quarterback in the NFL... What on earth are you doing finding 66 different massage therapists to book appointments with? That sounds to me, again, I'm sorry, you're right, we should let this play out, but to me it looks like a pattern of very disturbing behavior, and again, I think he's perpetually horny guy. Well, as I... PhD. As I said on Twitter yesterday, Mike, this is either the most impressive and well-coordinated case of character assassination mm-hmm. in history... right. Or this dude's a predator. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be a lot of gray area there, and that's uh, that's quite creepy. So we've got a lot of things going on. Hopefully we're going to be able to get Game 1 of the Women's College World Series in tonight, Oklahoma and Texas, again, 730 on ESPN. But I want to start out right here. Can we talk about a lying sack of feces? And please give me some music for Mule Shoe, if you would. I mean, seriously, this story did with Dennis Dodd yesterday. Did Lincoln Riley really, I don't even know if insinuate is the right word for this liar, but or this twister of facts, or this guy who doesn't get what is really going on in the world. But the way I read it, he basically told Dennis Dodd, I had the third or fourth best roster in all these matchups in the semifinals. Translated, wasn't my fault. Wasn't me. We weren't good enough. 
I feel like I could build a better roster here or whatever. So you're telling me you cannot build a national championship roster at Oklahoma? Is that what you're saying, Mule Shoe? Because guess what? Bud Wilkinson did it three times. Barry Switzer did it three times. Bob Stoops did it three times. Maybe it's a coaching issue more than a roster issue. Did he not have two number one overall NFL draft picks? We received two of the greatest texts in the history of the Air Comfort Solutions text line yesterday as we were talking about this situation on the rush, myself and Tyler. And one of them, I, I was dying laughing at this in the break. Somebody texted in, he's all toast, no avocado. <laughs> and then somebody, like, on a much more serious note, somebody texted in and saying, and said, imagine telling Barry Switzer it's impossible to build the best roster in the nation. I mean, that is just, look, did they have as good a roster as some of those teams? No, they didn't. But guess what? You can do that at Oklahoma. How about playing some defense, better defense, and maybe you attract better defensive recruits? I get that a lot of those defensive prospects are wanting to go to the SEC because the Big 12 had been playing flag football for a while. Okay, I get that. But you can build a national championship roster at Oklahoma. It's been done many times, many times. So, again, this is another one of those comments where he's trying to spin things and basically, again, saying, well, it wasn't my fault. We were just overmatched. I can't build a roster there at Oklahoma like they can in Tuscaloosa or Athens or Clemson, South Carolina. Guess what? You can They've done it more times in the history of Oklahoma football than they've done it at Clemson. They've done it more times in the history of Oklahoma football than they've done it at Georgia. You can do that. And, again, I just – this guy, it just – you know, it – Do we want to hear from him? Yeah, and and this was – there was – you probably read the story, and I know some of you are sick of hearing it, but it is a little bit of a different spin. When Lincoln Riley basically tells this guy, Dennis Dodd, that you can't build – it's really difficult to build a national championship roster at Oklahoma, that's news. That's a new twist on this story, and I know some of you are sick of hearing about it, and I am too. But, I mean, that is a complete load of BS right there. And uh, I did hear – there. you know, he had the – the video interview attached to the story. Correct. So I recorded that and and, uh, wanted to get a little sound. And it sounds to me, this is a question from Dennis Dodd about this decision. It sounds to me maybe like there is some humanity left in Muleshoe. I mean, it's all about him, obviously. It couldn't have been the roster at OU. It's a, you know, well, I'm a great coach. I just didn't have the roster, man. It's hard to build a national championship roster at Oklahoma, especially when you're given what was – close to one right there with anybody else in the country pretty much when you take over at 33 here you go here's a loaded mercedes take it come on man i mean geez but it sounds like there may be a little bit of a guilty conscience here really maybe a little bit now again this guy's all about himself because and he's you know like i said he's very machiavellian you know the Machiavellian theory, you do whatever, you know, to stay in power, you you know, politics, it's an evil game, you got to play it. That's what it's all about. And he's very Machiavellian. 
Lincoln Riley. But it sounds like maybe in the answer to this question that Dennis Dodd poses that maybe there's a little bit of guilt there. What do you guys think? Or maybe I'm wanting to hear it. Here is the clip. Oh, sorry, sorry. That, I forgot that, to run it through the translator. That, okay, there you go. That's the one where he was talking about OU's roster. Here is this question and answer. And maybe it's wishful thinking on my part that there's some guilt there. What do you guys think? Let's psychoanalyze this answer. When you got that call, whenever that call came from USC, what went through your mind? Because you're at one superpower, you're not at another superpower, you've been highly successful at both places so far, obviously, here. What went through your mind? Oh, a lot. I don't yeah. know that I could sit here and describe it in 30 minutes. Uh, there's, you, you just, I, I think the feeling that a, a, a really, really big decision for for my family, you know, for for my career but also for a lot of other people is getting ready to happen one way or the other and uh it, you know we're lucky to have the opportunity but those aren't easy decisions to make and uh you you carry that you know because it, either way you go it's gonna it's gonna affect a lot of people and uh that 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 weighs heavily on you that's there's there's the human aspect of this that you i i don't know that i'll ever get past all that because you I've had to learn in this job. You try to make decisions that are best best for your family. You try to make decisions that are best for a program. You get in, in situations where you make decisions that are best for individuals, but you're never going to satisfy everyone, and you're never going to be able to make decisions that work out perfectly for every single person involved. And that's that's uh, that's the thing that you know in jobs like this that you have to live with, and that's something that I'll always have to carry with me. All right, is there any guilt there at all, or am I just trying no, to hear it? No, no, you're right, Mike. He seems as though there's I'm a I'm going to have to carry this around forever. That's right. Keep letting him know that he's a sack of feces, Sooner <laughs> fans, all right? He basically said Oklahoma wasn't good enough. Golly. Do we have the clip of him saying that, or was that... No, I was waiting for that, and that wasn't part of okay. the video portion, unless I missed it somehow. But I, I sat there and watched. It was about 13 minutes, something like that, maybe. Um, but, yeah, and, and that's a quote in the story. Again, I had the third or fourth best roster, right, each of those times. So it was basically, don't blame me. We just didn't have enough. Can you imagine that? Somebody saying that about your, you know. Him, yeah, I guess you can. How did you interpret it? Was it basically, uh, <laughs> what well, about it coaching was, it was about? We just didn't have enough horses. Well, and to be honest, my knee-jerk reaction was, oh, so you think you're going to be able to build the stable of horses that you desire and that you feel are capable of building or of comprising a national championship team in the Pac-12? Yeah, Mike, I don't the Pac-12 hasn't had a playoff team since 2016. Yeah, they have not had a national championship team since 2005. Right. And you think you can get the horses together at USC? You think that's a better opportunity to accumulate talent than at Oklahoma? And by the way, when he left, he already had the number one recruiting class by a mile. Yeah. In the 2023 cycle. Yeah, that's right. By and a mile. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here because I go way back with USC, and I know they haven't been a major factor in a while, and it's been a mess out there, a total mess. But he can get it going out there. 
he can get it going out there. There's no doubt in my mind. My question is if he can win a championship, but not a Pac-12 championship. That is going to be the hurdle for him. Can they be tough enough? Can they be organized enough? Will he be serious enough about defense and special teams and all of that stuff? It's going to look flashy. Those recruiting classes are going to look pretty good every year. Uh, And there is an allure to that job. If you can get people in the Coliseum and create some energy out there, uh, that can be a special job. And it has been a special job, and it might be. But don't tell me again that, man, I just felt like out of Oklahoma. I didn't know if I could get, you know, all the horses I needed. I think I can do it out here. Well, maybe in this era of NIL and, you know, big money deals and collectives and everything, it's changed the game a little bit. We don't know how it's going to play out over the next several years. But certainly we are in a different era of college football. So, again, do I think that he's going to get things going and win at USC? I do. The question is, how big can they win? But to come back and say, you know, Oklahoma, yeah, I just kind of felt like maybe we couldn't quite get the roster we needed there. Really? That, to me, is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So, anyway, I hope the guilt gets to him. There's a little guilt in that quote. Maybe he'll get serious pneumonia and be bedridden for a year, and USC will go like (laughs) three and nine, and they'll blame it on him for not being healthy. He'll lose we went his from job. getting speared by a sailfish to pneumonia and bedridden for a year. Bedridden for a year, no fatality involved, but some serious breathing issues and just some issues. Nothing life-threatening. Best to his family, but a bout with pneumonia would not bother me Kinda at all. already sounds like he's got some breathing issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, there you go. Had to get that off my chest. Uh, did you guys hear some guilt in that comment? Like, he's carrying around uh, some stuff from that. <laughs> this is a great point on the text line. He's got to carry it because OU Twitter has wrecked his ability to celebrate and get traction on recruiting. <laughs> well, he's. Yeah, that's, that's a, I don't think that's what he bargained for. Like, if, if there's one thing he did not bargain for making that move, it was being the perpetual enemy of OU Twitter. That is not a war you want to start. No, and again, uh, one person says not 0% guilt. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just wanting to hear some guilt. I don't know. But, you know, because we all come at certain issues with our own biases, and uh, maybe that maybe I'm wanting to hear it. But Or maybe, you know, with, with Mule Shoe, maybe he's just trying to show, i got to show these guys. I, You know, I feel about it. I really do. Oh, this is another great text on the text line. How can I be expected to beat a team with equal or better overall talent? I'd have to be a good coach to pull that off. There you go, Jesse G. I like that. K-State beat OU. Uh, One more text. K-State beat OU in the 2003 Big 12 title game with a lesser roster. If you can only win championships, if you have the best roster, you're not much of a coach. He is admitting he is a lesser coach and needs superior talent to win. Yes, 918. There you go. I like it. And look, here's the reality, Mike. People will, and I'm sure USC fans are already doing this, they'll point to Nick Saban at Alabama and say, well, Nick Saban wins national championships because he's got the best talent. No, Nick Saban has the best talent because he's won national championships. And that, and all you have to do is the uh, the Texas debacle. Uh, it's about coaching. Texas gets a great recruiting haul year after year after year after year. And we keep wondering when they're ever really going to be back, right? 
Sam Ellinger's proclamation was way too soon. They lost to freaking Kansas at home last year. We all wonder what's going on. So, yes, you've got to get the talent, but you, <laughs> you've got to coach it up as well. Fort Cobb sooner. Uh, We're I, not reading that nah, one. That's a little extreme. I don't, you know, like I said, I only wanted the minor, non-threatening spearfish incident. No major arteries involved. And just, let's say, a pneumonia that would keep you bedridden for a while but not be a serious threat. That's it. Is that too much to ask? Does that make me a bad person? Yes. I'm sorry. Just telling it like it is. All right. We're going to take a break. Thank you to Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. Tim Lasher, great sooner, great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Let's talk about a coach who gets the most out of really good talent, a great coach, a coach that shoots you straight and does not lie, Patty Gasso, coming up next. We are talking about, of course, the one and only Patty Gasso as the uh, Sooner women get ready for their matchup in Game 1 with Texas tonight. 7.30 on ESPN. It looks like we're going to be good to go, right? This stuff's clearing out of here. I mean, they can take care of the field. I'm sure they've had, uh, once they looked at the weather this morning and uh, got the forecast and everything, they've been taking preparations and tarps and all of that stuff. So we should be good to go tonight unless the weather changes, at least on what I'm hearing. Man, that was a crazy drive into work this morning about 8.30 to 9 a.m. Phone was going off, alerts, alarms, everything. So, uh, again, to me, it, uh, it's going to be fun watching this team try and uh, finish this off. Now, I'm hearing some people, you know, who should be starting tonight for Oklahoma? It, why wouldn't it be Hope Troutwine? It's got to be Hope Troutwine, right? I mean, I love Jordy Ball. She's going to have a great career. She had a great season, freshman of the year. She's big time. I love her competitive spirit. I love what she brings uh, to the circle every time she's out there. She lived up to all the hype and more. She's awesome, but she's not quite 100%. I, I, you know, obviously the Sooners wouldn't be using her if they felt like there was any risk of further injury. Nothing is ever guaranteed, but they feel good enough to put her out there. And you will see, I think, uh, Jordy Ball uh, sometimes – uh, at some point in this uh, Women's College World Series in action. But why would, why would it not be Hope Troutwine tonight? She's been on fire. She's been, you know, she's got a day's rest. She's been pitching great. Uh, you could come back. You could uh, piecemeal game two if you want. You could start Jordy, you know, and see how long she can go. Bring Nicole May in. Uh, if you're in an emergency, you know, situation, I don't know. That would have to be a severe emergency if you're up one game to none already. Uh, and then you would have Hope Troutwine rested again for game three. So I don't see why it wouldn't be Hope Troutwine. Well, yeah, here's the deal. You'll want to keep Jordy Ball out of the circle if at all possible with where she's at physically. And there may come a time where you need to d- deploy Jordy Ball. And it's not a DEFCON 5 situation if that, happen, if that happens because, as we've seen throughout the Women's College World Series, Jordy Ball is capable of going out there, competing, and giving you innings. But the offense is firing on all cylinders right now. Hope Troutwine has been, without question, one of the best pitchers in yeah. college softball yeah, this ERA year. ERA was and the best, right? As we've been saying all week, both with regard to the softball team and OU baseball, Mike, if you got the horses, you ride them. And the Sooners have to ride with Hope Trout Wine tonight. And it, here's the thing. If they win game one, 
They are not losing this series. The slight infinitesimal chance that Texas has of upsetting Oklahoma in this championship series only happens if they win game one. And so if your objective is to prevent Texas from winning game one, then you roll with Hope Trout wine. Yeah. If the Sooners win game one tonight, that's it. The series is over because nobody is going to beat this team two games in a row. And that's what Texas would have to do at that point if the Sooners win this game. Yeah, I just think that uh, Hope Troutwine's been good all year. You know, she hasn't been perfect, but she's been great. Her ERA was the best in the country. And, uh, you know, Jordy Ball was outstanding. Like I said, lived up to the billing. Nicole May's been really good, too. That three-headed pitching rotation's been really good. I know Nicole May struggled in the UCLA game. Jordy came in. She gave up the late home run the other day. Uh, in the uh, UCLA matchup, but still, I think she came in and gutted it out and pitched pretty well based on not having thrown a lot recently, and I love her competitive fire out there on the mound. You know, when you've got the kind of stuff that she has and you kind of have the makeup that she has, tough as nails, very competitive, and, you know, I heard Patty say at one point this year, sometimes, you know, when she gets in jams, she enjoys that trying to pitch her way out of those. So they've still got a superstar in Jordy Ball who's not quite 100%, but good enough to give them uh, innings if they need her. But you got to go with Hope Troutwine tonight. I mean, look, Plank's the expert here. I'm just giving you my opinion, but I would be very surprised if it wasn't uh, Hope Troutwine. This is a Texas team that beat Oklahoma. Remember Texas in the finale of that three-game set in Austin celebrated like they just won the national championship. They handed the Sooners their first loss of the year. And Oklahoma's only lost three times this year, Texas, Oklahoma State, and UCLA. And they haven't dropped two in a row, and that Texas is going to have to beat Oklahoma twice to win this series. Let's hear, though, from Patty Gasso playing against a very familiar opponent in the Longhorns. Here's Patty on the pros and cons of playing Texas in the final. I think the pros are that you know them. The cons are that they know you. So... There's no surprises here. Um, it's just understanding what we need to do offensively. I think our experience might help us some, having been here last year at this point. So it's, I think both teams are working to kind of get on the board quickly, set the tone quickly. Um, but I like the idea that we have this experience. We've been here and done that before. All right, Patty Gasso, the OU women tonight, taking on uh, Texas, 7.30 on ESPN. So uh, a lot of sports happening tonight. Sooners and the Horns again at 7.30, NBA Finals Game 3. Warriors in Boston to take on the Celtics. That series knotted up at one game apiece. And uh, you, again, can see that game if you'd like. If you get a double television set up, it'll probably be – uh, the NBA Finals on the app tonight and the OU Women on the uh, big screen tonight downstairs. That, you don't have multiple screens? I do upstairs, but that means my wife, you know, with kind of her heart condition and everything, I don't want to make her travel upstairs a bunch of times, you know, so we'll just sit down in the living room and watch the women's game, and I'll watch the NBA Finals on the uh, iPad. So, technology, man. I'm an old man that knows all about it. You ever seen Facebook? They got groups on there and everything. It's unbelievable. It's really cool, man. All right, we got to take a break right here. Thank you, Tim Lasher. Thank you to his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. Call them up at 405 405- 405. 
579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. They've worked for us over at Chase Stadium. They've done a great job, and they've been very fair with their price. Break time. We'll come right back to the Air Comfort Solutions tax line, 405-651-3439, when we get back here on The Ref. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, on a Wednesday, and um, we've got a lot of things happening. Women's College World Series Game 1, Sooners and Texas tonight, 730 on ESPN, NBA Finals Game 3. Tonight in Boston on ABC at 8 o'clock, series tied up at one game apiece. Sooner Baseball will start play in the Blacksburg Super Regional against Virginia Tech on Friday at 2 o'clock on ESPN2. Saturday morning, 11 a.m. on ESPNU to be announced uh, if we have a game on Sunday. All right, uh, the weather is not very good outside right now, but you know what? It's going to clear up, and when it clears up, You need to be thinking about getting outdoors, playing some golf, going to a concert, having some great food, right, outdoors. You need to get in touch with nature. And you can do that, even though I rarely get in touch with nature and stay inside most every day. Starting to sound like Buddha here, Mike. (laughs) But a great place to do that is at Beats and Bites 2022, outdoors at Riverwind. We had a great time. I got outdoors. I went out amongst people. For the Night Ranger and Starship show, it was really good. Uh, The food was unbelievable. The food trucks out there are the best local food trucks you're going to find. Retail vendors are out there, and they still have three shows left on the summer concert schedule for Beats and Bites 2022. Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something coming up a week from uh, this coming Saturday on July 18th. Then two great shows in July Randy Rogers Band, July 9th, followed by a fireworks spectacular. And then uh, July 30th, Scotty McCreary on the Beats and Bites stage out at Riverwind Casino. You can find tickets online at riverwind.com. Individual tickets are only 5 bucks for these shows. It's a great time. It's a bargain, folks. And, again, you can get them for 5 bucks a piece online to any of these shows right now. Or if you're going out to the casino, you can get them at the box office right there inside the casino by the Showplace Theater. So our thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Also for now sponsoring the Riverwind Casino jackpot line at 405-329-9000. That's 405-329-9000. Right now, let's go back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line now. 405-651-3439. Hey, Parker, haven't listened this week. So, Cole Adams visiting OU this weekend. Really good news? I would think so if you're in the Cole Adams camp and you're not a Cole Adams hater. The OB is happening, right? The OB is happening this weekend. Six official visitors on campus this weekend at Oklahoma. And, uh, gosh, i got to go off the top of my head here. You've got Cole Adams. You've got four-star linebacker Lewis Carter out of the state of Florida. Four-star running back Caleb Hicks out of Denton Ryan, alma mater of one Billy Bowman. You've got Norman North running back Chapman McCown showing up. He does not yet have an OU offer, but he is taking an official visit. Uh, You have three-star athlete Cade McIntyre, who grew up just about 30 minutes from where I did in Fremont, Nebraska. He is actually on campus today. His official visit starts today at Oklahoma. And then probably the biggest fish in the whole ordeal is four-star edge rusher Colton Vosick, who is a Texas legacy but is unlikely to go to Texas. Right now that seems to be a battle between Oklahoma, Oregon, and Clemson. 
I would imagine Oklahoma is going to take a look at the Clemson interest and say, hey, look, we're the new and improved Clemson, so if you like Clemson, just come on up here. For my money, I think this is probably going to boil down to a battle between OU and Oregon. That's my thought, but uh, Colton Vosick, a guy that is steadily rising up the recruiting rankings, and if you watch the tape, that's a monster right there. That is a guy that OU would love to get. Jackson Arnold uh, got his five-star status finally, right? That's correct. So five-star quarterback. You were saying that uh, it was only a matter of time before he got his fifth star. And uh, Jackson Arnold, the quarterback uh, from Denton, Texas, who is committed to Oklahoma in the 2023 class, uh, did get that fifth star the other day. So that's big news. Uh, All right. Is there a line for how many times – Jossie will go yard in this series. I don't know if there is a line. You know? Is there usually a line for something like that? I, You know, some, it depends. I, I don't know. Um, you know, for the Super Bowl, you can get everything. I don't know how they do that uh, for the Women's College World Series. So, Beats and bites. Give Mule Shoe a beating and then throw him in a pit of biting <laughs> snakes. Uh, I kind of like that, actually. All right. Number of draft picks in the following four drafts after the 2017 playoffs by team. Alabama 31, OU 21, Georgia 20, Clemson 16. Uh, and by the way, let's just acknowledge on that note that Muleshoe's comment about never having any better than the third best roster in the playoffs is bogus and it's frankly BS because that 2017 team was the most talented team in the country. The yeah. only way they come up short is coaching. Muleshoe kicked a field goal on fourth and one in overtime mm-hmm. with an offense that has 10 of 11 players currently in the NFL. The only starter, well, I guess no, Rodney Anderson has since retired, but 10, 10 out of those 11 guys made the NFL at some point. The only guy that didn't was Eric Wren, and even he spent time with the Los Angeles yeah, Chargers. Yeah, and uh, again, the squib kick and uh, kicking the field goal again on fourth and one, the one of the tiniest testicular moves in the history of coaching right there, not good. So, again, uh, his narrative is way off. Again, I'm not saying, you know, the Alabama game where they played that Alabama team, they were not as talented as that Alabama team. Uh, they clearly weren't in the same ballpark with that LSU team, which was so good. But to say that, again, it's difficult to build a roster, you know, to win a national championship, which is what he insinuated at Oklahoma, is just bogus. Completely bogus. Parker keeps speaking to all these high-profile recruits that are seriously considering Oklahoma, but so far, minus a few, all we hear is crickets. He keeps saying, don't worry yet. I think it's time to worry a little. Thoughts, well, Mike? I, I don't want to be the one to address that. We, we have talked about, again, for Oklahoma, based on their approach, again, is, you know, like the distance runner that's going to have the strong kick at the end because of their philosophy and approach, that they're not just trying to get a bunch of commitments out there unless they're real commitments. Some of these are going to look really good, man. You go out there, yeah, I'm committed, but I'm still taking visits. And you list them as a commitment, and guess what happens uh, right before signing day? Guess what? They're going somewhere else. So, again, if you want to see Oklahoma 
uh, really high on these recruiting rankings early in the recruiting process year after year after year, you might be a little bit disappointed and you might be a little bit frightened um, early. But trust in the process. Godly, I feel like Sam Hinkie now in the Sixers. But, again, <laughs> I, uh, know, I, I think that is what you're going to have to do. Let's look at the team rankings right now in the class of 2023, and I do this from time to time, but it's important that we illustrate just how much change there is going to be in the upper echelon between now and National Signing Day. Texas Tech has the number two class in the country. Cincinnati has the number four class in the country. Northwestern has the number six class. Louisville has the number eight class. So you tell me, would you rather be peaking early or would you rather be peaking late? Yeah, I mean, again, you've just got to trust that this staff, I mean, they've got a reputation, the guys that Brent brought with him. Uh, Todd Bates has a pretty good reputation as a good recruiter. I think we know the guys that are on staff, that stayed on staff, same thing. It's just a different approach in that, look, if you're going to commit to us, that means we don't want you taking visits. We want people who are really committed. And that's why it's going to be a little bit more of a slow process to see a bunch of, uh, you know, commitments lining up for Oklahoma. And again, this narrative is short-sighted. Myopic would probably be a better word to describe it because Oklahoma is far from the only team that has gotten off to a slow start. And you take a look at Florida, number 41 class in the country with five commits. Miami has the number 43 class with five commits. Ole Miss has the number 50 class. With three commits. So as you look across this list, there are teams that, sure, you know what? Alabama's number 32 right now. What are the odds that Alabama stays at 32? Uh, minus 2%. Correct. I mean, there will be no chance. Alabama will end up somewhere in the top five. Correct. No and look, uh, if you if you don't want to take it from me, go listen to the 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wiltfong, who is arguably the most authoritative individual in the field of football recruiting analysis he said and his basically his one sentence recap of the champion barbecue was OU's going to get a lot of the guys that they hosted this past yeah weekend. I want to talk about that also next segment by the way on on the uh, air comfort solutions text line go away OU recruiting doomsday guy relax put down the caffeine and pick up a beer there you go all right we're going to take a quick break right here. Thank you, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. You need that AC tuned up? I mean, it's. I think the high here is going to be like 78 degrees today, but you know what's getting back up in the 90s by the end of the week? They'll help you out at Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, reunited, and it feels so good. We'll be right back. All right, back with you on this Wednesday. Game one again of the uh, Women's College World Series Championship Series will be tonight, 730 on ESPN. Sooners and the Longhorns. NBA Finals, game three tonight. Series moving to Boston for game three tonight. Golden State and the Celtics, even at one game apiece, 8 p.m. on ABC. All right, the Air Comfort Solutions text line is available to you at 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. All right, uh, let's get back there. The question that remains unanswered throughout the Mule Shoe Saga is why he left. I don't 
by the conference change. It makes no sense. You said it yourself. Oh, you had the best uh, 23 class going into the SEC, which would help recruiting, so that defeats that argument. Mule shoe left because OU wasn't willing to do things teams in the SEC do or things USC is allowing him to do, like heisting that pit receiver and uh, taking OU players, excuse me, from the portal. That was classless and horrible for college football. OU wants to be a winning program for the right reasons, which is why we have Venables. Mule Shoe wants to outsmart everyone, skirt the rules, and do things that may lead to winning football games, but you're left with no class or dignity with how you went about doing it. I think there's a lot of truth in that. What do you think, Parker? I mean, look. It, we all heard that it, compliance, man, is just too tough, man. Exactly. Well, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Muleshoe can say what he wants in the public eye. To me, his decision boiled down to one of two factors. And I'm not going to 100% say that it was primarily due to either of those things, but I think if you've kept up with the situation, you understood what Muleshoe had to work with at Oklahoma and the fact, and it is a fact, that he was not on board with the move to the SEC. Here's the reality. I think he made the move to USC, and I say I think as if I don't know. (laughs) And I'm not saying I do know, but I think it very, very likely that he made the, the move to USC primarily for one of two reasons. One, to get out from under the umbrella of OU compliance and be able to do the shady stuff, like back-channeling for Jordan Addison, which happened. Let's not pretend it didn't. They back-channeled to get oh, Jordan Oh, of course Addison. it did. Uh, or two, because he wanted to make a play at an NFL job. And the easiest way to do that is go out there in Cali, where there's not one but two NFL franchises. And the NFL has a very prominent presence on the West Coast. And moreover, if you coach Caleb Williams for two years... And he's a top 10 pick a couple years from now in the 2024 NFL draft. Well, Muleshoe is going to have the opportunity to parlay his success with Caleb into an NFL job with whatever team is in line to draft him. Muleshoe is about upward mobility, taking the easy way. You know, shortcuts guy. He's a shortcuts kind of guy. That's what, you know, the portal's a shortcut situation. And, and look, it's it's legal and all of that. But another part of that article with Dennis Dodd yesterday that uh, had me shaking my head was him saying, like, other teams don't do it, you know. When he was talking about, you know, the portal and programs trying to contact people through, you know, back channels or whatever. He basically was like, but everybody else is doing it. You know, like the kid who gets in trouble. You saw that comment too, right? Where he, Yeah, and it was kind of like, dude. Here's another text from the text line. In baseball, a manager is given a roster and has to work with the players given to him. The GM brings in the talent. A college football coach has both jobs. Why is Muleshoe acting like he's just a manager? Mm-hmm. You guys know just as well as I do, so says Sodak Sooner, that Muleshoe is one-dimensional. Teams figured him out last year. They will this year also. <laughs> Another listener from the 918 simply says, I'm hoping an earthquake hits L.A. and he twists his ankle. Yes, uh, you know, uh, no, no major injuries or anything, but total uh, collapse of the Coliseum. I mean, that place is about as old as the old Roman Coliseum now. You know, uh, nobody injured, though. Yeah, uh, you know, anything to make 
his life a little more miserable without causing severe bodily harm, I'm all for. Muleshoe has bitter beer face. <laughs> is, is that a thing, Mike? That I'm bitter not a, beer I'm face not a beer drinker, was, so. was that a Keystone line that used to be part of a commercial? Okay, well. He left because he was trending down. Going to the SEC would have exposed him. That would ruin his NFL hopes. I, you know, I don't disagree with that. I think he was thinking about, you know, he can be the savior of SC football out there because they, again, get ready to get angry because they're going to win games. They are going to win games. The question is, again, can they win the big game? He can say whatever he wants until he admits that the decision wasn't made in eight hours. We have to assume everything else is a lie. Says another texture. Yeah. And yeah, that's true because that, that decision was not made in eight hours. That is the most blatant of the lies he has told. That that whole thing was Trace Armstrong behind the scene, his agent, you know, and conversations with SC and then I believe with LSU as well, and figuring out, you know, what was going on, if he would have some more opportunities out there. Maybe he loved the thought of living in Southern California, also seeing the vast amount of talent in that area, making recruiting a lot easier. Just a thought. I don't buy that because all those SoCal guys were committed to him in Oklahoma. Malachi Nelson was a OU commit. That was going to be a legendary recruiting class in 2023 if Muleshoe had stayed at OU. And it'll still still be pretty good at USC. Mm -hmm. But he had Malachi Nelson. He had Makai Lemon. He had Brandon Innes. He had DeAndre Moore. He had Traylon Webb. Yeah, they. I mean, and they, they just were, kept coming. They were far and away the uh, number one class in the twenty twenty three rankings. There's no doubt about it. All right, we got to get and uh, you know I want to talk about that a little bit more because, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's no allure to USC in LA. That would be stupid. Uh, and again, when the USC job is done right, it's one of the best jobs in college football. I just don't buy all the half truths and the lies about how it came around that is the thing that's upset me more than anything else all right thank you tim lasher lasher home comfort systems we've got another hour to go a lot more to talk about keep it here steel man and thune on the ref radio network we're coming right back jumping in to hour number two presented by the seth wadley auto group in paul's valley and uh, if you want a great deal on a car truck or suv exit 72 in paul's valley at the seth wadley auto group And again, that great guarantee, oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal from the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Thank you for sponsoring our second hour. Man, I'm looking at the front page of ESPN right now, and uh, there's a story about Live Golf. It says, what we know about Live Golf, the circuit challenging the PGA Tour. And there is a picture of Phil Mickelson, who finally spoke to the media today. We'll play some of that audio later. Uh, but Phil looks like he's been living in a uh, in a cabin with Ted Kaczynski or something. He's got more facial hair than he's ever had. Uh, it looks like Phil's been through the ringer a little bit, and PR-wise, he certainly has. I don't know if this is the new-look Phil that we're going to get on the Live Golf Tour when that event in London begins tomorrow, but he uh, he looks different. He looks like he could appear like uh, in, if they ever remade Reservoir Dogs, the Tarantino's first movie, (laughs) he could be one of the bad guys. He's getting a ridiculous amount of money to join the Live Tour, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I I can't fault these guys. (laughs) 
No, I I know the live tour is getting a bad rap. I know the defectors are getting a bad rap. But when you look at how much they're getting paid, it's like my goodness, you never have to work again in your life. I I talked about Taylor Gooch yesterday, and you know I I didn't you know he was asking questions yesterday that he really couldn't answer, which didn't look very good, but. If you're Taylor Gooch, and again, you are, last check, I think he was 36th, 37th in the world. But this kid, you know, Carl Albert, Oklahoma State, didn't grow up, you know, on the country club circuit, busted his butt to get to the PGA Tour. You know, eight, nine months ago, he was still in the process of kind of fighting to maintain and make sure he was going to have PGA Tour status and keep that card. And he's been playing really good golf. Uh, And then they come to you, and the word like on Taylor Gooch, is at least $18 million and upwards of maybe close to $30 million. And if you turn that down, when you're, again, on the PGA Tour, you are an independent contractor. You get your endorsement money, which is good. I'm not saying these guys are destitute, but, you know, uh, again, you earn your keep besides your sponsorship money. This is guaranteed money, you know, guaranteed money. Taylor Gooch doesn't have to go win these events. And if you can get, again, reports up to $30 million guaranteed money, that is life-changing money if you have any financial smarts about you for two or three generations or more of your family. So how do you turn that down? How do you turn that down? And, uh, you know, money rules everything. And when people tell you it's not about the money, believe them that it is – they're lying. It is about the money. And for these guys, it's about the money. And I heard Taylor Gooch talking about, you know, he's got a foundation and everything. He can better run his foundation like that. And that's great. And I believe him when he says that. But it's still, it's about the money. Hey, speaking of which, how much of that guaranteed $248 million do you think Deshaun Watson is going to see? Oh, my God. Well, don't they have to pay him? There's got to be some contractual. I don't out, know. Right. I, Are you still entitled to $248 million if you get convicted of sexually assaulting well, if masseuses. there's a conviction, yes, and two grand juries haven't, you know, said that this needs to go to trial yet. Yeah. I don't know if that's – but if the NFL suspend the NFL, first of all, the NFL has to suspend this guy. Oh, he, they, they have to. I mean, like I said, if, if anything, he's just perpetually horny guy, which is very scary. And uh, there are just too many people. And, look, I know that uh, we're all supposed to wait until all the facts come out, but I, you know, that doesn't mean you can't form an opinion on what's going on. And unless basically now upwards of 60 women are lying, then just, there's, uh, there's a lot of creepiness with Deshaun Watson, which is very disappointing. And again, the Texans, I guess, to help orchestrate a lot of these appointments for him when he was there. The Browns, by the way. They, they just looked horrible. Yeah, Absolutely horrible. He was reaching out to these masseuses on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah. that's how the average human being finds a massage therapist. It's just – let me pull up my what Instagram that means real quick. He was and, looking to see who was hot and who was not. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, that's the only reason you go to Instagram. Yeah, this masseuse, I like this one not mm. so much. She looks like, uh, you know, Mrs. Folgers from the coffee commercial. This one looks like a supermodel. I think I'll contact the one that looks like a supermodel. Maybe. Sheesh. That would be my guess, right? By the way, since we're talking about Deshaun Watson, can we pull up the Shannon Sharp on Deshaun Watson? Because, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like I said, this um, – 
you know, this is just a horrible deal. But the Browns are going to look so bad. They've got to suspend him at least for half a season. This guy should not be playing in the NFL next year. All year. Maybe ever. I mean, it's you talk about, you know, just looking the other way. The NFL can't afford to do this. Um, and, again, you can talk about the grand juries or whatever. But, I don't know, I don't trust Rusty Harden. Anybody who has hair like that, you can't trust him. The dude's 80 years old now, and, you know, he's represented the likes of, like, Joel Osteen and Roger Clemens, big, high-profile, you know, that kind of attorney. But uh, <laughs> Shannon Sharp on today uh, with Skip on Undisputed. Um, well, just listen. Here's what he said about the latest story and accusations about Deshaun Watson's behavior. If this is true, if what they're reporting, reporting is true, there are 40 up to 40 other women. Man. Damn, Skip, it's just hard that you can get 66 people to tell you very similar stories without there being some truth to it. Yep. I just don't know how you – I don't know how. If 15 people say the same thing, now you got 20, you get 30, you get 40, you get 50, you get 60? Skip, 60 people, 60 potential people? Damn. <laughs> oh, man. Was that a Freudian slip when he said 60 people? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, this is just creepy, man. Well, super, and, super creepy. And Well, let's clarify here. It hasn't been, because the number is 66, right? right. He's, he apparently contracted 66 different Tw- 24 have filed. 24 suit. have spoken out. Right, yep. So, how many of the other 42 had similar experiences and or will speak out? Because yeah, two we dozen's a pretty big number, Mike. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously you're not going to get all 66 to file similar complaints or take legal action. But if 24 already have, how many more are waiting in the wings? Yeah, it's just an ugly uh, situation. And, you know, the the stories about trying to buy some of these accusers off with $200,000. Was there one that took the money? I'm trying to remember. I don't know. They're going to be a lot that are taking the money. Well, somebody might, you know, here again, if you're, uh, you know, treated that way by Deshaun Watson, he offers you $200,000 not to come out. Some people never thought they'd see that amount maybe in in a long time or their lifetime. They may take it. Exactly. Like we're talking about the players going to live tour, right? You get that kind of money, it's hard to turn it down. (laughs) For somebody who's in a very desperate financial situation, $200,000 looks like a lifetime's worth of money. So that doesn't mean anything, uh, you know, if now if all, everybody started taking it. I, but, again, to think that this is all orchestrated and that all these women are just coming out for a payout, I think it's a little bit naive. Damn. Think, Skip. Damn. I know. <laughs> We're going to be using that from time to time. Oh, yeah, Because it works for everything. Damn. Skip. Damn. There you go. All right, uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen the uh, the front page on ESPN, check out. And if you didn't see any of, uh, of Phil, um, you know, press conference, then you haven't seen what Phil looks like. And he looks again like he's been hanging out in the same cabin in the woods with the Unabomber, pretty much. <laughs> Ted Kaczynski. 
Okay, let's get back to the text line. All right, let's do it. Parker, love listening to your commentary, but you've got to let the Lincoln going pro narrative go. He's a great offensive mind, a genius even, but he has a fatal flaw. That man for five years with five-star talent all over the field has yet to figure out how to call plays or teach his QBs and wide receivers how to defeat a drop-eight zone. He will not be a coach in the NFL. Look, I'm not saying Lincoln Riley is going to the NFL. I'm saying that's what he's banking on. And I know for a fact, having talked to people with knowledge of the situation, that was part of the motive in making the move to USC. I know for a fact that Lincoln Riley has eyes on the NFL. I don't know if or when it happens, but as I have said many times on the show, if you gave me Lincoln Riley over under 4.5 years at USC, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. And you must also keep in mind that Lincoln Riley comes from the same discipline as one Cliff Kingsbury, who has done a spectacular job of failing upward. So, if the Arizona Cardinals start to win a few games, and they they went to the playoffs last season, if they're successful here over the next couple of years, and people are looking at what Cliff Kingsbury is doing at Arizona, and Lord knows Cliff Kingsbury won't be doing anything. It'll be Kyler Murray that's doing the doing. But... If people look at the success that the Cardinals are having, they think, "Oh, we need to go the we need to take the uh, Kingsbury model and use that in our, in our organization." They're going to look to a guy like Muleshoe. Yeah, could happen. It could happen. Mule I wouldn't shoe. rule it out. I think that Muleshoe's a lot about Muleshoe. Muleshoe's style is very sexy when you're talking about what he does as a football coach. His teams play sexy football. You must give him his due in that regard. Is it the most successful or most consistent or most sustainable brand of football? Not necessarily, but it is sexy. <laughs> so one listener says, shut up, Lincoln Riley defender. To, to whoever, that, whoever that was <laughs> on the text line. Oh, we got a text from Doug and Norman. Parker, with your vast experience on this earth as a boy wonder, Please provide whatever evidence you have or have access to that some back channels were used to influence Jordan Addison to go to USC. Or will you and Steely continue to just indiscriminately spout your wishful opinions without any true evidence? We can all have our opinions about how things happen, but we all don't have the platform that you use to pander to your so-called Sooner Nation, merely spouting out things as facts when you have no evidence to back up your statements. Look, Doug. I'm not going to fight this battle here on air because I have relationships that I want to protect and I have sources Mm -hmm. whose privacy I want to protect. So I'm not going to go into detail on that. I'm just telling you, I know there was back channeling done to get USC before Jordan Addison was in the portal, was making contact with Jordan Addison. Exactly. And you don't need to take my word for this. And I'm, you know what? Because I, I do think that there were probably a few other schools doing the same thing. But I believe also, based on what I've been told, that yes, USC was trying, again, the same thing, which is, well, we may, coaches may not have contacted him, but they were working their way around uh, that situation. Exactly. And, and, and it may not have been Lincoln Riley picking up the phone, but they were back channeling. And it was before he was officially in the portal. And hear me clearly here. I am not saying USC explicitly broke any rules. Mm-hmm. I am not accusing them of anything. 
because the rules in today's day and age are pretty dang easy to manipulate. And Lincoln Riley, in the Dennis Dodd story, basically said, you don't think everybody else is doing this? To a certain extent. I, I wish I had the exact quote here, but basically, like, it was almost like everybody's doing this or other people are doing what they're accusing us of is more of what the quote was like. And again, when you see Pete Thamel tweet out, Mm -hmm. Jordan Addison is strongly considering entering the transfer portal with USC as the likely destination, there aren't too many dots to connect there. And as one of our texters points out, guess who's really good buddies with with Addison? Caleb Williams. Relationship going back a long time. Somebody said, who hurt Doug? (laughs) Look... Again, you don't have to take my word for it. If you were following the Jordan Addison situation and you saw all of the reporting from every side of this thing, again, you don't have to connect many dots to conclude that there was back-channeling that went on. And I'm just telling you, I know for a fact that there was back-channeling that went on. I have talked to people who have confirmed this to me. Now, that does not mean USC did anything wrong. I am not trying to say USC should be in trouble with the NCAA because... One thing that <laughs> one thing that Muleshoe and his cronies have been able to manage ever since they moved over to USC is they've been able to skirt the rules very effectively. Well, and it's, again, it's legal in all technicality. But you're really still not supposed to contact anybody who's not in the portal yet, right? But here's the deal. Also, what is the NCAA right now? If you watch the old Andy Griffith show, basically it's Barney Fife. You know, that's the NCAA <laughs> right now. Barney Fife is the Mike, sheriff. Andy's on vacation. It's Barney Fife. Mike, that might be the greatest analogy you've ever made on this show. Well, thank you. That thank is very much. flawless. All right, we got a break right here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a car, truck, or SUV and great service after the sale. Sponsoring our second hour here on Steelman and Thune on the home of Sooner fans. Let's hear from a Hope Trout Wine when we get back. Oklahoma, Texas tonight. The Red River rivalry for the Women's College World Series Championship. Stay with us. Be right back. Ah, yes, Sooner women, two wins away from winning that natty. Another natty for Patty, which would be number six. Heavily favored to get this done all year long. And, uh, Parker, I know that, you know, we weren't together on the show on uh, Monday. But when you talk about that UCLA game, when the Sooner women lost the first game, and uh, talking with Connor, we both thought that Oklahoma would bounce back and, and win that game against UCLA. But how they won that game was so impressive. Because, again, for Oklahoma all year long, for this group, it has been national championship or disappointment. And very few teams are in that mode in a season. You know, I, I was trying to think about, again, um, like teams who've been there, and you think about the Patriots teams, you know, the Patriots team that was undefeated again, and they lost to the Giants. And, um, you know, there have been other teams in that situation. I remember the Vegas basketball team, uh, one of those TARC teams that had all those great players, Stacey Ogman, Larry Johnson, you know, uh, Greg Anthony, and all those guys, Stacey Ogman. They were awesome, and they beat Duke again in the championship game the previous year by 30 in the championship game. It was a total mismatch. 
And they were favored. Again, they were kind of that team that was favored to win the national championship, and it was national championship or bust, and they ended up losing to Duke in the Final Four the next year. This reminds me, um, great women's teams. You know, when you think of, like, the Jim Calhoun, not the Jim Calhoun, the uh, uh, Gino Ariema UConn basketball teams that were pretty much head and shoulders above everybody else, where it was basically national championship or nothing. And that's what this team has been dealing with all year. And for them to play the way they did when their season was on the line and just bounce back and absolutely crush UCLA, there might as well there might as well have been a mushroom cloud over Hall of Fame Stadium with the bombs that the Sooners were dropping on UCLA. I thought that was very impressive. And I just I cannot see Oklahoma losing twice in this series. So uh, the question is, can the Sooners win the first two games and not even have to worry about the third game? Hope Troutwine, again, has been great in the circle for Oklahoma of late. Remember, she transferred in from North Texas. So Hope Troutwine hoping to complete the dream in this series. This is what I came here for, to, to win a national championship and to be with this team who has such experience. And um, they've really helped guide me through. I mean, it, this is the perfect ending to my career. When you think of the great athletes at the University of Oklahoma, based on what Jocelyn Allo has done, and if they win another national championship, do you put Jocelyn Allo on the Mount Rushmore of greatest Sooners? Well, I, Tyler and I were having this conversation Monday. Mike, I think you got to start considering Jocelyn Allo as a legitimate contender for the title of greatest Sooner ever. Yeah, and in football, you know, it's uh... – Golly, it's so hard to put four on. And do you put coaches on? Because if you're putting coaches on, then Patty Gasso needs to go up there too. <laughs> you know, And um, maybe you go with Bud, Barry, Patty, and Aloe. But I know Sooner football fans, you're going to put somebody up there for the OU football team. But, I mean, seriously, based on accomplishments, uh, Jocelyn Aloe has been the best player in her sport for two years. There is a Heisman Trophy for women's softball. Jocelyn Allo would have a couple. She's the Archie Griffin and would be playing on back-to-back national championship teams as well. So it's pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty impressive. And uh, that's crazy to think that, again, Oregon, uh, Mike White, when he was the coach at Oregon, now the coach at Texas, they were prepared to offer, again, Jossie and – a scholarship, and then all of a sudden the scholarship wasn't available. Or Jocelyn Allo might have been at the University of Oregon or at Cal or wherever. Which, what poetic justice is it going to be if Jocelyn Allo rains fire upon Mike White in Texas in this championship series? You're saying she would go on a full-out Daenerys Targaryen and just destroy the I'm city? Saying, well, I'm saying exactly what she did in that game against yeah. UCLA. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> Four man. for four, two homers, seven RBI. Unbelievable. And, uh, by the way, this, this OU lineup is just so good. And uh, Hope Troutwine has been pitching great. I just think the Sooners are going to uh, get going and, and get this done. And do you think um, – Patty again. His she's got to 
stay until they open the new facility, right? The new ballpark. Yes. And yes. I mean, she's going to be around for a while. She'll be around. Patty, please don't go. Isn't that a song? Is that a song? Patty, please don't go. No, it was Baby, please don't go. Oh, down okay, in New okay, Orleans, okay. but we could turn it into Patty, please don't go. You're recutting it? Patty, please don't go. Yeah, we could do that. And uh, look, the Sooners be in good hands uh, based on she's going to leave that program in the best situation. It's the best program in the country right now. And I believe when she leaves, it'll still be the best program in the country. And uh, can't wait to uh, see game one tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Man, how about Oklahoma State, though? I was so hoping for Bedlam. Kenny Gajewski's done such a great job with the Cowgirls, and I feel, man, for particularly uh, Haley Busby because, you know, it's one thing. It's kind of like a Bill Buckner moment to an extent. and But, man, that's, uh, that program's going to be around and be a factor for a long, long time with Kenny Gajewski there doing the job that he's doing. Look, OU Texas isn't bad in the championship series, but Bedlam would have been awesome. That play, though, golly. So I was just sent a tweet. Okay. Jocelyn Allo has a chance to walk away with the 2022 Triple Crown Plus Two, which I guess would be the quintuple crown. If she gets eight more bats and gets eight hits with two home runs, she will lead the following categories. Batting average, RBI, home runs, on-base percentage, slugging. Would you put it past her? No. She's got to go eight for eight in the championship series. I mean, is that likely to go eight for eight? No, but I wouldn't put anything past her. So, like I said, unbelievable. Unbelievable uh, career at the University of Oklahoma. There was a time where she went through a little bit of a struggle and uh, you know, uh, maybe even a little bit of an attitude adjustment, got it a little bit down or whatever. But, um, man, that, that team is just a, a machine. Tiara Jennings pretty darn good, too. I mean, she hit she has hit two home runs at Hall of Fame Stadium that were nearly Reggie Jackson, uh, Tiger Stadium, out of the ballpark type shots. So, uh, 7.30 tonight on ESPN, Game 1, Sooners and the Longhorns, Game 1 of the Women's College World Series Final. All right, we're going to break right here. We'll talk about uh, – I wasn't on, obviously, with Parker yesterday. We'll talk about Bob Stoops, what he had to say uh, about Josh Heupel being nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame, National Championship quarterback, 2000 Sooners, obviously. And uh, we'll talk about, again, Bob stepping down. It was – Yesterday was the five-year anniversary. Seems longer than that, but we'll talk about that and more. Get to more text when we get back here on The Ref. All right, we're back. Steel Man and Thune back together again. And uh, you're going to be in Vegas tomorrow and Friday, correct? Big event happening there? Yes, so I'm leaving for Vegas with Travis Davidson as soon as we're off the air here today at 3 p.m. Once Locked In wraps up with myself and Tyler McComas. Who's counting the cards, you or Travis? Uh, we'll see. There you go. That sounds, that's depends, a dynamic depends duo. Depends on who has the better poker face. That's a very dynamic duo. So, Headed yeah, to Vegas. We'll, be, uh, we'll make it to Albuquerque tonight. That's, the, that's kind of the halfway point between you, here and Vegas. You've got to go to uh, Walter White's Car Wash while you're there. Walter White's Car Wash. That should be where you take a pick. You didn't watch Breaking Bad? Hey, maybe that's uh, maybe that's where we'll do the remote from tomorrow. Yeah, see if you can do it from Heisenberg's Car Wash. <laughs> 
You never watched Breaking Bad? No, I have not. I bet Travis has. Travis, get get a pick at Walter White's car wash if it's still standing in Albuquerque. I think it is. That would be nice. And where get a what, what's that called? The port pie hat? Is that what it's called that Heisenberg had? Get some black shades and I think it was called a port pie hat, if I'm not mistaken. Let me go ahead and Google it up. Pork pie hat. Hang on, I, I've got to find this now. He's on a mission. Uh, Steely's digging. Pork pie hat, I think is what that style. Yes, it is. So get a pork pie hat and some black shades and go out and take a picture in front of uh, Walter White's uh, car wash. A1. Have an A1 day. Okay, uh, Bob Stoops on the ref. He was on with you guys the other day. And uh, Josh Heupel nominated for the College Football Hall of Fame along with Rocky Kalmus, who was also on that 2000 national championship team, the pride of Jinx, great linebacker at OU. And Dewey Selman. The Selman brothers are royalty. The Selman name is royalty in uh, Oklahoma. You talk about Leroy, greatest player pound for pound ever played at OU. Uh, Dewey and Lucius again, uh, just, just great people too. Not only great players, but Dewey Selman also nominated for the college football hall of fame. And Zach Selman might just be the next athletic director down the road at the university of Oklahoma, but Josh Heupel, Bob Stoops talked about that 2000 national championship team. Josh Heupel, remember, was running up for the Heisman Trophy. It was Torrance Marshall who, who told uh, Chris Winkie, you stole my boy's Heisman, you know, at the coin flip at the Orange Bowl. And the Sooners went out and w- at least won the Natty uh, that night against Florida State. But here's what Bob had to say about the incredible influence that Josh Heupel had on that 2000 team. Well, he just had such passion and drive for the game, and it rubbed off on everybody. And he just had a mindset of, I'll never forget him speaking to the team in our two-a-day sessions. We'd, in the evenings after maybe we'd gone over some tape and covered our practice, you know, for the next day, we'd let, every night we'd have one, two, three guys get up and talk. And and, uh, I remember Josh's talk ahead of 2000 to the team, and he says, why not us? You know, how come, Why? you know, his reasoning to everybody is, why can't we win it all? Why can't, you know, why can't we? And we had for two years, you know, had really, I think, reestablished our, you know, just our our self-pride and, and, and the pride in OU and, and the fact that, you know, we're to, we're to win championships and we're to play for them and to win them and, and you know, I, we used to show all the great teams from Coach Switzer's era and all the great players, and and it, he, it rubbed off on him. And he he just remember him saying it to the team, "Why not us?" And and everyone started nodding their head, and they were they were tired of it not being them. Like, yeah, this is our time, and it and it worked out that way. There you go, Bob on the rush the other day. And a question for you, Parker. In, uh, if you were in a battle, uh, who would you rather be in a foxhole with? Bob Stoops, Brent Venables, or Muleshoe? Well, I can tell you I can tell you which of those three is immediately eliminated. I would probably say Brent over Bob. Because he's younger. Yeah. I, both. I don't know. That's Bob. You know, he's Youngstown tough, man. If you grow up also in Youngstown, Ohio, that's about as tough a place, man, as it can be. 
I feel like if I was in a foxhole, Brent would be the type of guy that would be making an effort to keep it lighthearted as we were in the He'd midst be very of positive, so, yes. Yeah, exactly. And I'm kind of wired the same way. So no, nothing against Bob. I just feel like if I were in a foxhole with either him or Brent, Brent and I would probably have an easier time. You could flip a coin you would flip a coin between those two almost. But Mule Shoe, he's gonna sell you out to the enemy. If Mule Shoe was in the mob, he's gonna be like the Sammy the Bull Gravano who rats you out and get you sent to prison to save himself. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But Bob Stoops, man, um, like I said, Bob, all he did was resurrect Oklahoma football. Brought up crates. That staff was so good, too, that he brought in. And uh, you could tell right off the bat, man, I remember going down. You could actually go down to some early practices and just seeing how much different they were. And uh, John Blake recruited some pretty good players. That wasn't an issue for John Blake. John was very likable, very gregarious. I don't think John was cut out to be the the head coach because he he I don't think he was a great organizer or like a CEO type. But he's a guy that you wanted as a recruiter and a, and a, uh, a an assistant coach uh, because I think he was very good in that area. But man, when they got organized and they got tougher, when Bob Stoops and that staff came in. I mean, you could see initially, um, you know, and I know there were only seven and five, and they had to go to freaking Shreveport to play in a bowl game. But still, it was a dramatic turnaround. The next year they come out, unbelievable. The Red October run, uh, the games they won, the plays they made, special season. Hard to believe it's been that long since Oklahoma's won a national championship. But that team uh, was unreal. And I remember hearing that story time and time again that Josh Heupel got up there, as Bob said, and said, you know what, guys, we could win the national championship. I think they were like 17th in the preseason poll, maybe even lower than that, but unbelievable season. But here's the deal. Josh Heupel, and, you know, he's got a bitter taste for the University of Oklahoma right now. He felt like he was wronged. And, you know, they said, see you to Josh Heupel and brought in Muleshoe. They're interconnected. Josh Heupel, again, now doing a pretty good job at Tennessee. and uh, But I, I think eventually that relationship hopefully will be patched up. I would hope so, too. Especially because, look, say what you will about Heupel, and he's a good coach. But I think at the end of that 2014 season, I think it had become pretty evident that it was just time for a change. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that change led to the hiring of a charlatan. That's right. A charlatan arrived. It was a Judas or Brutus. Judas or Brutus. Take your pick. I'm trying to figure. Is there a good way to combine those two names together? That should be his real name. Maybe that's his real name. We need to check the birth records in Muleshoe. Judas Brutus Riley. What do you think? Is that possible? It's possible. I think I, – I guess I'm going to pass right by a mule shoe later today. So Really? Maybe I'll, on take, the way a, to, maybe I'll take a detour. I guess that's on the way to Albuquerque. Point yes, me in the direction. we got to play Point Me in the Direction of Albuquerque by the Partridge Family. That song rocks. Not really, but we Th- could play that. That's a song? Albuquerque by the Partridge Family. Yes, can we get that coming back? I'm sure we can. I just, I mean, I haven't you heard. You just got an endless song library in your brain. I haven't you, heard Mike? any. Uh, is, that was Keith Partridge, right? Yes. 
I used to have a crush on Susan Day back in the day when I used to watch the Partridge family. She was a fine keyboard player in her in her time. All right, we'll take a break. We'll see if we can find that 70s classic for you. I know you guys want to hear Albuquerque by the Partridge family because that's uh, where Parker is going to try and stop tonight. And we want the picture at Heisenberg's Car Wash. All right, stay with us. We're coming right back. Oh, my gosh, this song is bad, Mike. Oh, it is so very Partridge family-ish. I apologize to all of our listeners. Here it comes again one more. Uh, There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Parker and uh, Travis Davidson headed in the direction of Albuquerque, and they will be listening to the Partridge family album on their way out there. There you go. And wow. uh, maybe they'll get a pick at Heisenberg's Car Wash, A1, out there. Wow. Perhaps. I can't believe a record label signed off on that song. Dude, I'm telling you, I had that. We were still living on Comanche Street in Norman, which is a long, long, long time ago. I was probably, I don't know, five or six years old, maybe seven. And uh, that came out, and uh, we played the Partridge Family album nonstop, and we rocked. My musical taste got a little bit better, though, later in life. It did. I'll give you that. So uh, so anyway. Okay, Riverwind Casino, what's happening? Uh, Beats and Bites 2022 is what's happening. You need to get your tickets now for Beats and Bites 2022. If you miss Starship and if you miss Night Ranger, what, what, what in the wide, wide world of sports were you thinking, man? You miss some great music outdoors, great food trucks, retail vendors out there, a good time. We had a great time out there, and uh, 10,000, according to Night Ranger, there for the Night Ranger show, and there was a really good crowd for Starship. So get on out there and get your individual tickets for the next show, Everclear, with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. That is a week from this Saturday night on June 18th, and two shows again in the month of July. The Randy Rogers Band, followed by a fireworks spectacular on uh, July 9th, and then on July 30th, we're looking at Scotty McCreary, Red Hot, Damn Straight, one of the most popular songs out there. That'll be a good crowd again and a great show, Scotty McCreary, on July 30th. Get your individual tickets online at riverwind.com. That is at riverwind.com. They're only 5 bucks per individual ticket, and you can get them at the box office inside the casino. Riverwind, always great promotions. They've got the Roll of the Century Happening out there right now, Wake Up and Wednesdays, happening uh, every Wednesday, New Member 7, where new members who get a wild card, sign up and play, get a bunch of rewards up to $450 in one day in the New Member 7 program at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. Okay, uh, Live Golf Tour begins tomorrow. I think they're going to play, uh, the first song will be Take the Money and Run by the Steve Miller Band. Uh, because that's basically what's happening here. Or Pink Floyd's money, whatever. Maybe they'll have a playlist. Who was it who did the song, I Want to Be Rich? I want to be rich. That is, they need to have a complete playlist. But Phil Mickelson and his new, uh, you know, mountain man look, he isn't quite gone like full on, you know, like Dave Letterman, but maybe he's going to try and look a little bit different. Like I said, he just lo- he looks like he's been hiding out in the Unabomber's cave in the mountains for a couple months. At the press conference today, Phil was asked this question, and here's the Q&A with Phil. 
A few months ago, you were reported as describing uh, the Saudis as scary. What did you mean by that? And if they're that scary, why are you here, given that they're bankrolling this tournament? Well, certainly, um, I've made, said and done a lot of uh, things that I regret, and uh, I'm sorry for that and for the hurt that it's caused a lot of people. Um, I don't... Um, I don't condone human rights violations at all. I, I, I don't think it, I, I, nobody here does um, any, throughout the world. And I'm certainly aware of what has happened with Jamal Khashoggi, and it's, I think it's terrible. I've also seen the good that the game of golf has done throughout history, and I believe that Live Golf is going to do a lot of good for the game as well. And I'm excited about this opportunity. That's why I'm here. Wow, he was not ready for that question. No, you talk about a guy, man. Whoa. That's a reporter right there. That is that is deer in the headlights right there. That is not a softball, man. That is uh, that is aiming at your head and throwing and backing you off the plate right off the bat. I think that guy was from Sky Sports. And, uh, man, just that question right off the bat. And, Phil, in a way, you are – condemning human or, or um, condoning, condoning uh, human rights violations in a roundabout way. You're taking the money. Phil has had, and it was rumored for years and years and years, and I even remember hearing back in the early 2000s that Phil's going to be suspended for gambling issues. And I just read Shipnick's book, and it was really good. Um, I mean, it took me like two nights to read it. I couldn't stop reading it. Um, but... There were rumors about this going for a long, long time. And, you know, part of the theory is is that Phil has lost so much in gambling that this is one of the reasons why he's planning the Live Golf Tour. So, you know, talking about up to $40 million in gambling losses for Phil over a short period of time. So uh, that wouldn't surprise me. But, um, you know, the Live Golf Tour is not going away. The PGA Tour is going to have to adjust a little bit. They're going to have to pay some more guarantees. I know that's not their style, but things are going to have to change because you're going to see more of these guys, man. And some of them right now, um, you know, if you've got Tiger's rep and his money, you, you don't need to be flirting around with the Saudi money uh, with the Live Golf Tour. But like I said, if I'm Taylor Gooch, I'm making the same decision. Because it's life-changing money that can be in your family for generations. And the money's guaranteed. You know, doesn't matter if you shoot 63 or 75. Doesn't matter. That money is there. So I, I can see why some of those guys are going for it, man. Okay, any uh, final notes? Are you still sticking with, we talked about 10 days after Champion Barbecue. The over and under was at 2.5 for commits. You were going over, I said two. Are you still feeling good about it? There was already one, obviously, the wide receiver from Florida uh, that committed. But was that – can you count that as a champion barbecue? I don't, I don't barbecue? really count that, no, because he wasn't at the barbecue. It was so. at the camp. So Let me put it this way. I feel like right now, a week after the champion barbecue or 10 days, whatever – I'd probably feel more comfortable taking the under, so I feel less confident about that number hitting, but I feel more confident about what the Sooners were able to do and how it's going to manifest in the long run.
because they did make huge strides with a whole bunch of guys that were on campus this past weekend that they were just kind of on the fringes with before. Anthony Hill Jr. won? Anthony Hill Jr.'s won. Uh, Jaquazy Petaway, they made a big move for him. They're in it for Troy Bowles, very much in it. And I look. Phil Picciotti coming to OU? I, I think so. And I want to make clear that I'm not buying it yet. But there's starting to be some confidence that maybe, just maybe, OU's in this thing for Richard Young. Really? Like, and... legit in this thing. Again, I am, I'm going to have a really tough time believing that. But. Just letting you know. Number one There's running back in the country. Number one running back in the country, Richard Young. All right, we got to get out of here. Locked in is coming up next. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Thank you, Riverwind Casino. We'll see you tomorrow.